Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. Today's guest is Rachel Mansfield, who I'm sure you all know from Instagram and now TikTok. She is the creator behind Rachel Mansfield, a hub for all things delicious food, motherhood, and more. Rachel is a cookbook author of Just the Good Stuff, recipe developer, investor, podcast host, and an avid fan of all things peanut butter and banana bread related, a girl after my own heart. Rachel focuses on cooking up recipes made with wholesome and real ingredients, just the good stuff. In this episode, we chat about Rachel's journey, getting fired from her job in CPG to taking the leap and following her passion for Instagram while growing a massive social following. Rachel shares about how her relationship with food has evolved since college and why it's important to listen to your body and feed it all the good stuff. Tips on staying organized with content creation, where her recipe inspiration comes from, navigating being on social with her family, why it's important to be constantly evolving her brand on digital, and so much more. Keep listening to hear all the juicy details from our conversation. I know a lot of you out there love a great nut butter, which is why I'm so excited to share with you my all-time favorite, Nutso, the original mixed nut and seed butter brand, delivering amazingly delicious blends of nuts and seeds in every jar. Nutso is a women-led business driven by the passion of founder and CEO Danielle Lavolsi, who in the process of solving a personal nutritional problem created a whole new product category. Danielle was actually our very first podcast guest, so if you want to hear all the details of her story, head to the very first episode. Nutso's products are a total upgrade to regular mono butters, mixing in nutrient-dense nuts and seeds like Brazil nuts, almonds, chia, and flax, and not adding any sugar, thank God, so the products taste amazing. I love having it by the spoonful, or of course, putting a dollop on top of my purely oatmeal in the morning for some good fats and protein. I also love that Nutso isn't just about making great food products, they are equally passionate about their nonprofit, Project Left Behind, and its mission to provide food, shelter, and vital resources for underprivileged children. So I highly suggest you stock up on your new favorite nut butter, and you will definitely thank me later. Nutso's products are non-GMO Project Verified, gluten-free, palm oil-free, soy-free, refined sugar-free, and some varieties, peanut-free, tree nut-free, and organic. You can find Nutso in retailers nationwide like Costco, Walmart, Kroger, Whole Foods, as well as Sprouts and Irwan, and online at Amazon, Thrive, and Nutso.com, where you can get 30% off your order with code NUTSOPE at checkout. That's N-U-T-T-Z-O-P-E at checkout on Nutso.com for 30% off. Enjoy! Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being on today. Ah, Thank you for having me. I'm excited to catch up. Me too. I was trying to think back preparing for today when was the first time that we met. And I don't know that I figured it out other than being at an expo and meeting you with your parents. And I love your mom. (laughs) We took a photo. I have it on my phone because you know how like the iPhone gives you like memories and stuff. Yeah. I always get trade show images on there. It had to have been my first expo, which was Expo West, probably 2018 or 19. That's what I was thinking about that. It was probably 18 because 19 was probably the last year 
that we went to shows. That is very valid. Yes, that's true. I'm pretty sure I came up to you and just said, I'm your biggest fan ever. And no one will love your granola more than I do. (laughs) (laughs) If I was meeting you tomorrow too. (laughs) Well, that's so sweet. And I loved meeting you and your mom and your dad. My mom wanted to go to, um, did you go to Expo East? I did. Yeah. How was it? My mom wanted to go and I'm like, mom. You guys should have gone. It was honestly like, I was just so happy to be back at a trade show and interact with people. And the first day it was packed. It was like a regular expo and then it died off, but you know, it was great to see people. Yeah. She tried to go. I was like, mom, not this year. I just, I can't commit to that. But Expo West, will you go to? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe. I don't know. I'm my son, my Brody will be one in March. So I should be done breastfeeding around then. So maybe if I'm on timing, March 7th is his birthday. So I guess it depends actually. Usually expos around March 7th. I don't know. I, I love expo. I get like, I nerd out over all the products and meeting everyone and all of the things. It's like totally. My- it's like heaven. It's like being at a grocery store times a hundred. Yeah. With free samples. Right. Absolutely. Steroids. Awesome. So at Purely Elizabeth, our mission is to help our consumers thrive on their wellness journey. And I love that you are really such an advocate making food really just full of all the good stuff and making like wellness fun and approachable and delicious. So I'd love to start at the beginning of your journey and what got you to creating the brand of yourself that you've created today and ultimately becoming this influencer, a recipe creator, blog creator, cookbook developer, all the wonderful things. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay, where do I start? My six year anniversary is coming up this December of running my business full time. Before this, I was the earned media manager at a CPG brand where I started as the executive assistant to the CEO and founder of that company. And it was like a healthier drink, kind of like alternative to soda. And I learned everything about running a business from working there. Like everyone always joked that you could like hear my flip-flops like flapping around the office all day because all I did was follow this guy around and absorb everything that he was offering, which little did I know it was going to set me up for, you know, success down the road. And was and, that your first job? Were you always into food that you got in that um, position to begin with? No, before that, my first job out of school was at an advertising agency for pharmaceuticals. And I was working on like colonoscopy preps and ulcerative colitis. And while those are very important things to focus on, I just had no passion for what I was sure. doing. And I was a huge fan of the, the, the beverage. And I literally wrote an email to like info at the company and said, hire me. Like, I want to work with you. <laughs> they weren't hiring at all. And then they, he, the HR person was like, we could definitely use an assistant for the founder. And from what I was doing, it, it wasn't really like a parallel. It was kind of like a different career for me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to get my feet wet. I'm going to get into like the healthier food and beverage space and kind of see what happened. I had a passion for it. I was like literally eating overnight oats at my desk and people were telling me I was eating like disgusting looking food. I was packing like toast with peanut butter and banana for lunch. I always was kind of an outcast with my food, but I had such a passion for it. So it was my way to get into the industry, I guess. So I was working with him and that's when Instagram started to really take off. And 
there were like quote bloggers and people that like I follow that I loved and I would just start sending them product, like seeding them with product and started working with them and paying them. And that was when no one, no brands were really paying anyone at that time. And I saw- Who were some of those people, do you remember that you were sending product yeah, to? Of course I do. One of them was Jordan Younger of The Balanced Blonde. That's oh, like- that's so her- funny. Yeah, they were like, the, you know, some like the OG people, um, Gina from Skinny Taste. Any blog that I would read, I would just reach out like selfishly because I wanted to meet them. And then also- And I know that you and Jordan are friends. So was that how you became friends was just sending her product? Yes. That's amazing. And like paying her. Um, even Nicole Kogan from No Bread, I met her. Yeah. I, I thought there was going to be a lot of potential. I actually wanted for a hot second to manage bloggers. Influencer wasn't a term at this point. And I used to send like a company-wide email on Fridays and this the title was like, bloggers are the new celebrity and I would like put all like different like impressions and all these like analytics and geek out over it I loved what I was doing I, it was awesome and I eventually wasn't the assistant to him anymore and then started running their own media department but I also asked for a raise and I wasn't given the raise that I had asked for and I wasn't making enough money for the work that I was doing so I started my own side hustle And I told Jordan, I wanted to, my now husband, we were sitting on the couch in our like 400 square foot apartment. And I go, (laughs) I'm going to just walk dogs or babysit or something for extra cash. Cause I love what I'm doing, but like, it's not, I'm not making enough money. And then I said, I was going to sell overnight oats and make them for people and deliver them throughout Manhattan. I don't know what I was thinking. And he just said, you know what, Rachel, he's a lot more like rational and like calm. Um, why don't you just make overnight oats and post the recipe somewhere and see if people even think this is interesting. And I started posting recipes. (laughs) Exactly. So I started posting recipes and haven't looked back on that. It just evolves, obviously not just from overnight oats, but that's how it started. And then my company felt like it was going to be a conflict of interest. So I was totally blindsided. I was fired from my job in December, like right before the holidays, I had gotten married in September, fired in December. And then I was like collecting unemployment for a couple, I think like a few weeks. And then I was sitting with my parents at a pizza place with Jordan. And I'm like, guys, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. Like I'm passionate about making food. I'm not going to paying rent from doing this right now. Like this is crazy. And my parents and Jordan just looked at me and they're like, Rachel, I'll just give yourself six months, see if you can grow a profitable business. And if you can, great. If you can't, corporate America is not going anywhere. But I did save a lot of money. Like I lived at home after I graduated college. I lived with my grandparents. I lived with Jordan's parents. Like I've always been a saver. So luckily I wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. So I had some cushion and I was engaged and then married. So like I had a support system and knock on wood, I haven't looked back after those six months and it'll be six years in December. Wow. That's amazing. It's I'm sure the moment that you were fired, you felt like your life was probably a mess. And now to look back and be like, that was the freaking best thing that could have happened to me. All my mom says, like, I just felt like a loser. Like I was 25, who gets fired at 25? And I loved what I was doing. Everyone knew I loved what I was doing. So it was obviously for the best, but now looking back, like I learned so much from working there. So it was amazing. I had that opportunity, but I never would have had the balls to go out on my own ever. So such a good lesson. I'm such an advocate of everything happening for a reason. And that like case in point was so meant to be. So over those six months following that, 
what happened? What were those like first steps? So I kept cranking out recipes on my blog that I'm sure not that many people read besides like me and my mom and Jordan. And I would pitch myself to brands for either like them to quote, like pay me to post about their product or create recipes. But that was a long time ago. Not many brands were doing that. And I, or I'd ask them if they wanted content creation for their social media, like freelance work, or if they wanted help running their influencer marketing. So I actually had a couple of clients that I would see similar to what I was doing at the company for other brands. And I did that for a couple of years, which was like super profitable for me at that point in time. And then I would just pitch myself to companies and they would send me a lot of product, which was helpful in terms of like recipe development. And I just kept cranking. Like I haven't stopped since then. My wheels are always turning in my head to try different things and evolve my business as much as I can possibly. And it started as all oatmeal recipes and then it got into like healthier desserts and other breakfasts and then meals. And there's always been like so many opportunities and so many things that are come come out and like just podcast, cookbook. And I've always tried to take advantage of everything that's out there that's offered and evolve over time. But the six months were, um, it was awesome. I remember when I started making money, I'm like, wow, I should have worked for myself a long time ago. Like I make so much more money doing this. Like people don't realize if you just put yourself out there, you never know what can happen. There's just so many more possibilities. Totally. At what point do you remember when you're like, I've made it? Or was it after the six months where you're like, clearly I can make enough money. This is making it. I knew after, I think it was like, I, I think it was before six months. I knew that I was going to be okay. Cause I always, I still use the same Excel spreadsheet that I like forecast every year. I'm, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to like numbers and things. So I always know how much money I'm going to be making each month and where it's coming from, et cetera. And yeah, I definitely knew around that time that I was going to be okay. And you know, my account, I had like 10,000 Instagram followers and this was going on. Like I wasn't at like a point where I felt like it was even maximized. It was also when Instagram is different when it was a lot easier to grow an account than it is. It's not easy to grow an Instagram account this now, as opposed to six years ago. And I saw that there's just going to be so much more potential. Like brands were starting to like understand it a little bit more. They were starting to pay like, and then brands also wanted to invest in this concept of influencer marketing. So it was awesome. And also there's a lot of other accounts around me that were growing as well and doing something similar. And a lot of people had this as a side hustle and eventually turned it into their full-time thing too. So I wasn't alone, alone in doing it. Yeah. You really just hit it like right at, you were so ahead of its time and hitting it like right on that wave. Yeah. I got lucky. I, I missed the TikTok wave, but I got the <laughs> Well, I am curious as you talk about like evolving the business and as you think about cookbook or podcast or even just starting with oatmeal and then the next thing, like, have you planned out, okay, this year is going to be X or because you're in this space that's just constantly evolving, it's just like paying attention to what's happening. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting. So my husband recently quit his job this summer and in finance to come work with me, which when I that's say- huge. I think it's hysterical just saying it out loud. Like it's just, to me, it, it's a lot of people always assumed I was able to do this because my husband worked in finance. So now when the tables have turned and like now he's working with me, it's just like, you know, people's heads kind of spin in a way. And it's crazy because like he's so, everything has a process and we follow this and the structure and like 
whatever. And I'm so go with the flow with this. I never set out goals for myself in the beginning of the year. I feel like it just sets me like it, within what I do sets me up for like disappointment in a way, I guess, yeah. you know, this year I launched, I, launched a patreon like we started like a house pro- like there's just so many th- I, I don't even know what's a patreon <laughs> it's like it's like a, a subscription service in a way so it's content that you pay for it's very new I just started it like a month ago and they say it's for like you're like cult people and like they want to pay for more content that they're not basically getting so for us we're highlighting like all of our new house builds and things we don't see on instagram and you know when you're putting yourself out there on a social platform, you know, it's like, you get a lot of backlash for things. And like, for something like a Patreon, you're not going to deal with that as much. And it's also just like the perks of being a part of the Patreon. So they had like first access to my product launch, like just different things. And a lot more, like, I would say an intimate relationship with me as opposed to Instagram, but yeah, it's fun so far. I'm still very new. I don't even know if I just explained it correctly, but we'll see. But no, I never set out a plan. I just kind of, I want to continue to grow every year. So I think that's always in the back of my head. But Jordan's just goes all the time. Like, I don't understand how your mind works. Like you don't have a plan. You don't have a business, anything. And you just go with it. And it's worked for me thus far. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think it's probably like so much of it is creative and, and being confined to that plan for creative is really probably difficult. Yeah. And I also, I never wanted to get too comfortable because I think where a lot of content creators make a mistake is they solely rely on like, or depend on one thing, like just Instagram. And I never wanted to like pigeonhole myself. So I think I always knew like Instagram, like my blog is my everything. Like that's where everything lives. And then now we have like TikTok, like Jordan's growing my Pinterest. Like there's always different areas for us to continue to grow, but we'll see. I mean, I launched like a collaborative product this year. I never thought I was going to do that. Like I just, you never know. So what are your views on TikTok? Oh, TikTok. I'm so <laughs> mad at myself. I missed the boat on TikTok when I sh- should have joined TikTok. My brother had a girlfriend during like the start of COVID. And I remember her telling me, Rachel, you need to get on TikTok. And I, oh, I don't want to get on it's another TikTok. platform. I'm so tired. Like, I can't do this right now. Like, I can't, like, this is too much. And I was a loser. I should have joined TikTok at that time. There's a lot of potential on TikTok. I think it's a lot more fun people are a lot more opinionated on there, but in a way where it's not like offensive. I posted a, a DIY Uncrustable. I bought this thing on Amazon for $15 and you make your own Uncrustable. You like, it stamps the sandwich and like imprints it, whatever. Yeah. And I use this bread from Trader Joe's. It's like an organic seed bread and it doesn't look like very good bread. It looks like an organic seed bread. And people go, that, like, that looks moldy. That looks disgusting. But the video is like viral, with, like almost a million views. Like it's just such a different, like the more hate or like negative comments you get on TikTok, the more you're, the better your video does. But what's crazy is like we have Wait, videos. Like, the more hate, the better your videos do? Yes. It's so different from Instagram in the sense where I, I honestly don't even understand it fully. I really don't. Like we'll have videos that have over millions of views and we have like 40 something thousand followers. It doesn't even make sense. It's fun. It's a lot more lighthearted, I think. And Jordan, like he helps me. Jordan does all my video creation. So he like really helps a lot with TikTok, but it's crazy. It's like, so I, I really don't understand TikTok. All I know is <laughs> I love making the videos for it. We have a lot of fun. And if we grow it, there's a lot of potential. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds like it. 
We are, but we need to make a ma bigger effort because I too is like, oh, it's another platform. Like I can't do this. I like erased it from my phone and now I'm like, okay, I think we need to get on TikTok. You got to get on TikTok. Okay. And it is fun, I suppose. So going back a, a little bit, I guess, as you think about constantly evolving the business, how does that correlate to your kind of food philosophy and has that always been constant? And if you can talk a little bit about what your philosophy is behind content and recipes. Yeah, so I started becoming very involved in the food that I was eating in college. So at, towards my senior year. So when I got to school my freshman year, I gained like freshman 25. Like I was funneling beers, like eating entire pizzas at night. Like I wasn't taking care of myself. And- Where'd you go to school? Muhlenberg okay. in Pennsylvania. It's like a small liberal arts I'm from, I'm from Philadelphia. Do you know that? Pennsylvania. So you definitely know what Muhlenberg yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's where Jordan and I met too. So then sophomore year, I joined a sorority in the beginning of the year, gained more weight. And then by mid, like the end of that first semester, I was miserable because I just didn't look like myself. Like I have a very naturally petite frame. Like for me, when I gained weight, like I just didn't look right on my body. And then I did a 180 where I like was severely under eating, was obsessed with counting calories, was just like not mentally well. And when I wanted to like kind of nip that in the butt for a better way to you know, describe it, I just, I'm not going to sit here and binge eat Oreos dipped in peanut butter. I want to fuel my body with food that makes me feel good. And that's like actually good for me. And that's really where my like love affair with food started to come about. And I learned that you can like make healthier food taste good. And then, so I was like 22 around that time. And then from there, I just always started experimenting with food. And it's interesting because, you know, when I started this six years ago, I definitely felt that I was in such a great place with food. Like, no, like everything's great. Like, but my philosophy in the last few years, I feel like has gotten even better than it was when I started, I don't really like falling under certain labels, but I guess I would be like an 80, 20. Like I eat very well most of the time. Like, especially now I have two young kids. I don't want to be a crazy lunatic for my children. Like I want them to be able to like go out and like, we all have like the burger or whatever it is at the restaurant. But when we're home, we folk have an emphasis on like healthier food. So a lot of everything I buy is like non-GMO verified, organic. Like I don't, bring many refined sugars into this house. Like I really monitor the ingredients um, of the food that we eat. But when we're out, we're out. And when we're on vacation, we're on vacation. My husband actually has like the best philosophy of food I've ever met. Like he's very inspiring in my opinion when it comes to his eating, but he recently went gluten-free. <laughs> I didn't realize, oh my God, he's lost like 10 pounds from wow. going for a, a month like men and his just like he's lost like 10 pounds of inflammation and I never realized that like we actually did eat a, a decent amount of gluten in his house before he started like good quality like organic sourdough breads and whatever so now that's definitely a bigger emphasis for us is like gluten free in the house but why did he take out gluten so he was having a lot of bad stomach issues in early September and I was so over listening to him complain. And I just looked at him and I just, please, like, please change something. I can't listen to you bitch anymore. Like this is getting old. Why don't you just cut out like, I don't know, gluten or something for a week. And if you feel better, like we'll figure it out. Well, he listened and he cut out gluten and now like once a week or whatever, he like eats gluten and like he calls it a day. But we went out for burgers this weekend. He was like very excited. And, and is his stomach better? So much better. 
and like his it's I feel like such a like hypocrite because I've always kind of like mocked this unless you have (laughs) an autoimmune disease or like celiac I'm like oh people don't need to be gluten-free like I'm a loser like I've literally been saying that and now my husband's gluten-free and feels better than ever but he had this like blow it was like a balloon on his stomach and it's gone like he literally has like the flattest stomach now just from cutting out gluten. He's still eating like probably the same amount of like caloric intake and everything else. Like nothing else has changed besides not eating gluten. It's been crazy. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think we're at, but we're like an 80-20 type of perspective over here. Well, I follow the same 80-20 and I think it, it brings you just happiness and like being more at peace with what you're consuming. Yeah. And just like, I don't want my son to just like, or my sons to have a weird association with any type of food at all. I mean, Halloween was pretty interesting trying to monitor an almost three-year-old with a hundred pieces of candy and his tote bag yesterday, but I want to be a good example for my kids. So going back a little bit to being in college and maybe not having the healthiest relationship, how how did you heal your relationship with food and what tips, if any, do you have for especially college age, which I feel like is just such a hard time to be dealing with food and the changes and drinking and just not being in your house. Like it's a very complicated moment in time. I'm so I'm so grateful that I'm on in college now because the world is so different. Like, you know, I didn't go to Whole Foods in college. Like there was like a Wegmans and like, that was it. Like I went to the candy wall every day and the candy wall is right. A Wegmans. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think in college, it's important to live or anytime it's important to live. Like I have zero regrets over the amount of alcohol that I drink and going to the hospital for it half the time and like overeating and do experiment. And just, it's important to do that. I think for self growth. And if I didn't have that, I just don't know if I would have been in the same, have the same mindset that I do today. And I'm happy that I didn't have like any type of like perspective on food at that time, if that makes sense. But I think for anyone who is in school, just like I always say, just enjoy yourself. Like you have your whole life to like be an adult. And like, this is just my perspective. Just like eat the food that you want to eat and do what you want to do. And like your body will tell you when it's over and done with. Like my body was telling me like stop overeating food. And I think that was important for me to like have that relationship with food in order to get to where I am today. But I also do think that at the same time, a lot of colleges and universities have better options for you now than they did when I was back at school. So it was different. Either you ate a chicken finger melt or you had like the crummiest looking salad ever. Like there was no like that good of food. But yeah, I think in a dorm room, there's so many snacks and things that you can keep on hands. Like my senior year of college, I was actually like the person coming back from the bars and having granola and almond milk as my late night snack as my friend. I had peanut butter and bananas. Right? That, that <laughs> was my other one. That was literally my other one. So it's like, there's a way to like, quote, fit in and like, enjoy yourself, but do it in a way you want to do it. If you want the pizza, eat the pizza. But if you want to have something healthier, have banana and peanut butter, like have some like granola and yogurt, like whatever you want. And also now there's just so many more products to enjoy. Like they didn't have, like, I also like, I don't, I don't remember seeing purely Elizabeth Granola when I was in school. Like they didn't have like a simple meals cookie. Like they didn't have things like that. So yeah. But like the best bar when I was in school was like a Luna bar. Like that lemon zest was. Oh my God. I forgot about the what Luna I thought bar. was like a healthy snack. Or a cliff bar. Those were like the only, there were, there was another one too. 
I mean, believe me, I was obsessed with chewy granola bars when I was in college, like <laughs> 90 calorie chewy granola bars to the point where like I could vomit thinking about it. But yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't, there weren't good options. The granola you see was like nature's path, organic, like the pumpkin flax granola. And if you, I look at the ingredients that now I'm like, oh my God, I thought that was so healthy for me. And like, it's not, you know, and it's just like, there's so many better things now to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. So recipes for you now today and food creation is such a big part of what you do. Can you talk a little bit about what that process looks like for recipe creation or do you just get inspired and make something? Yeah. I think it's a little bit like in a lot of different areas. So a lot of the time, now that Jordan's in, involved, he has a very big opinion. I was going to say, does he have a say in what you're making? Yeah, he has a say. He wants to be called like savory chief or something like ridiculous. And I'm just like, I think of a lot of the savory stuff too, though. So it's not like an accurate representation, but he loves to cook. Jordan loves food. He's a very good cook. He's just like naturally it comes, it just comes to him very naturally, which is awesome. And like really convenient, especially in this business. So he thinks of a lot of ideas. I think of just a lot of ideas. We get inspired from different like restaurants, the seasons, which sounds so lame, but like, obviously they say eat with the seasons and we definitely do. Also my followers and readers will request a lot of recipes. They love like nostalgic type foods so we just like nailed the cot like a copycat entomans cookie Ooh. i am so excited about and so a lot of the like our so when you say that you like nailed that how many times will it take you one time to make it will it take you a couple times depends sometimes usually in the be in the beginning of doing this it take me like three to four times to nail a recipe now it's usually like one to two and like i'll know what's missing to like know what to do more of or less of. But I think now, cause I have like a base, I've made so many cookies. Like I have like a base of what I know and then I'll just kind of like tweak it based off of like what we're thinking. But in the beginning it was a lot more trials. Cooking's easier. Cause there's not usually that many, like, like cooking like a dinner recipe. It's totally nail that than baking for sure. Baking definitely takes a lot more time, but yeah, my readers usually will ask for specific things, which I like. They also love Trader Joe's. So doing a lot of like Trader Joe's copycat or inspired things are always a hit. And then also just based off of what we're craving. Like if we want to make something for dinner this week, we'll like either put it on the blog or we're always doing things like three to four months out now. So like we're working on January and February content. But so we're always just trying to think of different ideas for the, for that time of year and everything's supposed to be well not supposed to be everything is very easy to make like nothing is labor intensive from my from my blog because I don't have time for labor intensive things and I don't think other people do either totally what's your process for staying organized and like mapping out your projects and shooting like food all day or creating blog content what's that look like so I have a I use very informal I use the notes app on my phone and I have like in big bold letters to do. And then it, I write everything in there that I have to do um, for that day or that week or anything. And then every time we have like a recipe idea, it's written down on there. Usually now that Jordan's involved, it's a lot more organized in the sense of a schedule. Like I was very, like I'm a very naturally organized person, like clean and whatever, but I was only worrying about myself. So I didn't have to like go off of anyone else. So we do usually recipes from 10 a.m until 3 p.m. Monday through Thursday. Making then, recipes, making food. Making yeah. food, shooting food, 
like my legs want to fall off by this. <laughs> like, I'm so tired. And then I pump, pump or breastfeed every two to three hours. So like I'm taking like a 10 minute break to do that and then getting back and then whatever. And we're doing like ASMR videos with two children here. Like it's not easy. Like it's, it's a pure shit show in our apartment at all times. But then it, from like three until the rest of the day is when I catch up on like email work, I'll record anything that's due for a brand, um, catch up on like invoice, like all different things, like office boring things, like write the blog posts, edit the photos. And then Fridays I try and like not do much cooking because I'm, I'm beat by Friday. Like I don't want to make more food and we usually order takeout on the weekends so that we like get a break. And we also have like a deep cleaning of the kitchen on Friday mornings. So I like don't corrupt my kitchen on Friday morning. <laughs> and then our we have a nanny for our kids and she leaves either at 5.30 or 6, depending on the day. And then I work again from 8.30 till 10 um, at night. And that's my very exciting life. Monday. Wow. Yeah. How's it been since you've had kids? Wild. I'm so tired. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm exhausted all the time, but I wouldn't have it any other way, if that makes sense. Like I'm so numb to the point, like I'm a very blunt and, and honest person, which I'm sure at this point, you know, and it's like, I just want to crank these kids out. Cause I need to like, I'm blacking out. Like I probably won't remember this conversation in five years, tired. <laughs> but like Ezra, he's almost three and he's just like a full force of passion. And he's a lot, he's a lot to handle. He's been a really crazy child since the day he came out and then Brody is like on Xanax naturally like he's so chill so calm goes with the flow and I love being home with them it's such a treat to be able to like work from home and not have to leave them to go to an office which is amazing but it's a lot before having kids I used to take a bath every night and my eight-month-old is his crib is right here he sleeps in the bedroom because we don't have room for him here and I can't take, like, I have to be brushed. My teeth have to be brushed and I have to be in my pajamas by 7.30 every night because I can't get into my bedroom. It's different. It's yeah. crazy. But Ezra and Brody love food. So. Thank God. They, they split like an adult size burger at a tavern on Saturday. Like it's, <laughs> Brody's eight months. <laughs> they, they like to eat. That's crazy. Yeah. But being, being a mom is, it's amazing. It's my fa- It's, I wouldn't be able to do it without Jordan. Like, I don't know how, how parent single parents do this. Like it's a lot, but it's important. Like we have each other for this and we definitely divide and conquer. And we're very like collaborative together as a couple, which is like very, very helpful for both of us. I'm curious to hear then what kind of tips or tools that you have used to, especially now that having kids, even prior to having kids, but just managing and balancing everything therapy. Like in like I'm a huge advocate for therapy. We started seeing a therapist before Brody was born. And I think that definitely like I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like when I'm sad, I'm sad. When I'm happy, I'm happy. I real I'm a big communicator. And Jordan's not. So it's been hard. Like sometimes he just like bottles a lot of stuff. And I think that in order to like be the best parent, that you can be, or, you know, not like a number one parent, but, you know, like give it your all, but also give it your all in your career. Like you need to like talk about your feelings and like say when you're sad, say when you're happy and just enjoy those things. And I think that like communicating, it sounds so basic and boring, but like that's been such a game changer for like everything when it comes to like 
our business and our kids and, and relationship. That's awesome. And what about anything else as far as like your own personal self care? Now you're not taking baths so much. What else do you do to like stay sane or any kind of morning routines that you have? Yeah, I've been taking a bath that doesn't have Ezra's urine in it. And <laughs> I like now he lies to me in the bathtub. I'm like, can you just, I'll, I'll give you the toilet to make the peepees. Like, just let me know. And he's still pees in the bath. I go for a walk every single morning. It's non-negotiable. I go outside at like 8.30 and I'll come back. I go for like an hour long walk. I have to get out. I go to the grocery store. That makes me happy. And usually like every other Friday, I'll try and do like something that's like a form. I hate the term, like self-care. So like beaten and like yeah. at this point, but, you know, get a massage or get my hair blown out or like just something. That's and that makes you feel out. good. Yeah. It always makes me feel good. And like, oh, and I also like will go to a Pilates class once a week on Friday mornings, which is nice. And you know, I think that it's easy to get caught up and find excuses to not do something. And like, I can't commit to working out every day. Like, I just can't, like, I'd be setting myself up for disappointment. So if I just know that like once a week I get my Pilates on, like, I just, isn't something I know I can deal with. And it makes me happy after. And I just like, I do that for myself. And then usually Jordan will, he's he's training for a half marathon, runs a lot, but here's the kicker. He didn't sign up for a half marathon. He's training for his own half marathon. Oh my God. <laughs> Mom and I this entire time think that he's training for a half marathon. And it's, I'm like, so when is it? It's, it's one in his head. So and he, where is he going to run it? Does he know? No, I have no idea. So he runs and stuff for, for himself. And like, but even Saturday, like he was like, our kids are just a lot sometimes I'm like, why don't you go get a massage for an hour and I'll take them. So just like, we always try and find an outlet of sorts to kind of just decompress and get away for a little bit. That's great. And I think it's super important, like setting yourself up for success. Like you said, like, I'm not going to overcommit and think I'm going to work out every day when you know that that's not going to happen. Why not yeah. set yourself up to get it right? No, for sure. Like I say no to a lot of like, basically everything because I don't want to like be like, I'm I don't like to commit to things if I know I can't give it my all. And even as something as stupid as like working out, like I know that's important for me, but I can't, I can't do it a few times a week. It just doesn't work within my schedule. Breastfeeding is a full-time job. (laughs) It just doesn't work. Saying no is definitely important. How do you navigate, or maybe because it's just been like this now for so long, but how do you navigate showing, obviously you're not showing everything in your life on Instagram, but are you ever like, I just don't feel like posting today. Yeah, sometimes, usually often, actually, I now I try and take one to two days a week where I don't post anything on stories, which has been really nice for just like my mental state, because it's a lot. And like, I understand people are very invested in in who they follow, they want to know what's going on. But also like, I don't want Ezra's just very perceptive now. And I don't want him just be like, Oh, mommy's on her phone. Like, that's not cool. Like when I'm with my son, I'm with my son. And I don't want to like be, and he's also be like, no cheese, no cheese. Like he doesn't want. Oh my god! Oh, and in front of space, like I don't blame him. Yeah. So I try and find that kind of barrier of like when to put my phone down and when to be fully present. So we try and put our phones and all technology away when our nanny leaves until like after dinner. Besides, like when my parents and in laws want to FaceTime and stuff, like whatever, we take it out for that. But we try. I try not to just like be on it when I'm with my kids, which I think is definitely very helpful. And like, 
no one really knows that Ezra's a tough kid because I don't post a lot about it. Like sometimes, like he was laying in the middle of the street yesterday having a temper tantrum, and I posted a photo of that because it was actually kind of funny. But I don't post much of him like when he's having his moments or like when Brody's crying because like I don't want to post pictures when I'm crying. So like right. my kids, I wasn't sure at first when I first had babies like how I was going to go about navigating that. And they're just such a huge part of my life that if there ever gets to be a time when they don't want to be on social media or they don't want pictures, I'll obviously respect that. But I try and just post like appropriate types of things without being too, too like without oversharing, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, I would imagine a, a challenge to navigate. Yeah. And Jordan's really private. So like he doesn't- I was going to ask that next. What about like Jordan and your parents? Yeah. So my mom, you know, it's interesting because when I look at my Instagram, like I look at the phone, I just talk, like I don't flinch. I just, I'm so, I don't know. I mean, I could talk to a wall though, so it's easy, but they, they, they like freeze, like they get choked up. I almost have to like hide my phone when I want to record something. So like, they don't think that it has to be like a specific way. Like I don't, there's not, nothing has to be perfect. Like I like unfiltered and raw, like uncurated type things. My parents are definitely very used to it. My dad's super like proper, like, you know, he's like corporate America. So he'll like send, like he sent like one of the brands I work with, like a thank you email for like sending him product. And like, it's just like, he's such a class act. So like when I'm recording him, I'm like, oh yes, this flavor is just wonderful. I'm like, no, you don't talk like that normally. <laughs> um, but that's my so cute. Mom, yeah, my mom will be like, hide me. I look disgusting. My boobs are too big. Like that's literally what I do. So I just try and respect everybody and their and their wishes. They don't everyone's very open to being on. I try not to post my brother too much because I'm not running The Bachelor and I don't need to set him up with people on Instagram. So like that just gets to be like annoying in my opinion. But yeah, Jordan definitely he's he's working on opening up because he's so funny. I'm like, people need to know you're funny. Sounds like he needs his own TikTok video. My manager is trying to get him or our manager now is trying to get him to like you know, put his personality out there a little bit more. I'm like, good luck with that. That's it. <laughs> See what happens. He's a good Instagram. Husband. He's very cooperative and he rises to the occasion. But yeah, he, he, the people would love the stuff that he says. So maybe one day he'll be a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. We should have him on next time. I thought about asking if he should come on, but I'm like, I'm just going to monopolize this conversation. So. <laughs> we'll do part two. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to some rapid fire Q&A. I love fire. Best advice you've gotten in the last six months? Mm, the last six months. <laughs> you can't do it all. <laughs> Literally. Your favorite person to follow on Instagram and TikTok. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same person, two different people. Jennifer Aniston. She's my favorite person to follow on Instagram and Courtney Cox. Oh, I need to follow them. Oh my God. Jennifer Aniston follows me on Instagram. Are you kidding? How cool is that? <laughs> I like died. I have a screenshot of me hysterically crying that I, when I found that out, I love her like more than life itself. So the fact that she, when she started following me, like I actually died. Oh my um, God. That's so cool. Yeah, they're definitely two of my favorite people. Courtney Cox does a lot of cooking. So it's like entertaining for me to watch. Um, Cause it's not like frills. My guilty, I would say like celebrities, like following celebrities on Instagram. I feel like most people wouldn't assume that I would like be interested in that. But I like some of the real housewives like Kyle Richards, like I like following them. Do you follow not skinny but fat? 
No. What's oh, that? she's really funny. Not skinny, but fat. Okay. It's something like that, but it's all like celebrity. I mean, she's super into everything with Kravis and all of that stuff. Oh, I'll follow her. Okay. So Perfect. it's always a good laugh at the end of the day. That's, I like like things that make me laugh, like girl with no job, like things that just like aren't food. Yeah, totally. How about on TikTok? Cause that maybe is giving you inspiration oh, today. I have one I follow. Her name is Savan. Savan Ayala. I don't even know if I'm saying her name right. She's like the founder of Lux Unfiltered and like shop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that product actually. Her glow drops are so good. I, really? I should try it. I'm like, part of me is like, uh, because I've tried messaging her to come on my podcast once. She, she never answered, but I still really like following her. She's great. And then on TikTok, there's a lot of fun content creators on TikTok. There's a person I was actually just looking at before called Join Jewels. And she does like, she's like a mixologist. Ooh. It's really cool because we're doing a cocktail week in December. And when I was like looking up Sangria, her stuff came up and it was really awesome. Her name's like Join Jewels. Who else I like following? She's pretty like crude and funny is Kate. Like literally her name is Kate on TikTok and she is hysterical. She lives in Hoboken and she's just fun. Like I like following not food if that, as I'm like saying that, like realizing it. I don't like watching food content creators. Yeah, you don't want to be consumed by that 100% probably. No, I don't. Like I'm sick of food by the time I'm done with, with my own food. What's your most popular recipe on your blog? I'll give a savory and a sweet. Um, and also varies from like season to season. But my most popular savory recipe is my paleo basil like cashew chicken. It tastes like Chinese food takeout, but like healthy. That's always, yeah. always popular. And then for a sweet recipe, probably my chocolate chip walnut cookies. They're always, now that Jordan like analyzes Google Analytics all the time, <laughs> those are always really popular, like all year round. Delicious. Your favorite Trader Joe's products? You could pick three. I have a whole blog post. <laughs> um, Sorry, only to make it three. No, it's okay. Things that are like exclusive to Trader Joe's, right? Um, yeah, like not a perfect bar that you could buy at Trader Joe's. Yeah, they're organic olive oil popcorn in the green bag. I love popcorn. I can only eat it like once a week because if I eat it too much, it hurts my stomach. But I love their popcorn. They're organic corn dipper chips. I just bought them today. So it's like top of mind. It tastes like a Frito, but like, oh. why am I naming corn? Like I don't even eat them. Have so you like, had the Pipcorn corn dippers, by the way? I haven't. No, are they good? So they make a truffle one, although they discontinue them from my Whole Foods, but the truffle corn dipper was like unreal. I will have to try that. No, I always just get the Trader Joe's ones because it's like $1.99 and like, I, I got to try this. I mean, I'll have to try those, but I always get those. We're making um chili today. So we're using that. And then something not corn related. Um, I don't know why I'm naming all that. Honestly, I get a lot of their baking stuff. Now that I'm thinking about like ingredients, I think it's really underrated. Their almond flour and like organic coconut sugar are really good prices. And their whole the cones, like the mini ice cream cones. Those are a, a family favorite. Nice. Yeah. I love Trader Joe's. You got to get your granola in Trader Joe's. They don't have I any. I know. I was doing a, a run there yesterday being like, oh, we just need our product in here. Yeah. I don't know why. It's so lame. I don't know anyone at Trader Joe's. Right they now. just have set so few branded products. And I usually the, the branded products are stuff that they like can't replicate. 
And not that they can't replicate our granola, but they can like make another granola. I guess, but it's like so weird. I wonder if they use like mushes overnight oats because it's like in the same packaging and like tastes the same. Like I wonder if mush just like sells them there. I bet that they do because that's like a more unique process that they probably can't replicate. Like how did Perfect Bar or Spindrift or like Go Macro get in there? Like I they gotta don't take some notes. So weird. Chomps. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, that's interesting. You know where they do sell your granola and it's always on sale by me is Acme. Oh, interesting. It's always that's on sale. That's a good note. Mm -hmm. Go to Acme if you're near Rachel. Acme. Except don't because there's like none left after me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three random things that you're currently loving. It could be anything. Product, podcast, TV show. And I'm sure you get like so many fun, random things sent to you. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear what your three random things are. Okay. The Tula Revitalizing Eye Cream is the best eye cream I've ever used for dark circles. Like it's amazing. I'm like really loving Olipop. Like I'm obsessed with Olipop. I was a huge soda drinker. So this was like epic for me. Can I name your peanut butter cinnamon <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can't find anywhere either of them. And then I'll, I'll make something that's not used, though. It's not a. Oh, there's a girl that sells these sweat sweatshirt and, and sweat shorts, and it says, like, love yourself on them. It's like Shop Shyla, and it's so comfortable. And I really like those, too. That's gifts for some people. Yeah. I like all the stuff that's like fun sweatshirts and like comfortable things. What do you want more of in your life? Sleep. What do you no. want? Less of? Less of honking. <laughs> what do I want less of? That's a really interesting question. Hot, like a negative energy, like people who complain. Like I've definitely like faded a lot of friendships, I would say since COVID, because I can't like deal with people complaining. Like if you are complaining to me that you're like, about, not, about breathing, like, bye. Like yeah. I can't, I just say like very negative people I don't want to be around. I think that's a great one. A meal that you'll never forget. And this is going to be really hard, I feel like, for you. A meal that I'll never forget. Top oh. meal of all times. Mm. It's definitely going to be between a burger or pizza. From I just, where? I used to love Cafe Clover in the city, and it, it closed. Did you ever go to Cafe Clover? Yeah. Oh, bummer. I guess during COVID it closed or? Yeah, it closed, which was such a buzzkill. Like I really let that was my favorite burger. So I had to find a new one. We actually just went to a place in Hoboken that was a really good burger the other day, but it's like no frills. My favorite meal. That's really hard. I would probably say when I lived in Florence, Jordan and I went to this restaurant. I think it was called like El Santo Bevatore or something. This is 11 years ago. So I'm probably butchering this. And I remember I loved the dessert, like this chocolate cake so much. I ordered two plates of the chocolate cake. <laughs> like it was so good. Um, I would say having that with like Gusta pizza right before that would be like my favorite meal ever because every meal has to end with dessert. That sounds like Kevin. So have you been to Florence? I have, but it's been like since I was in high school. God. It's like I didn't appreciate it enough when I lived there. Like I, 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 I so good. Were you there for your semester abroad? Yeah. I went abroad there. 
but it was when I was like afraid of food. So it didn't really turn out too well. I don't know who goes to Italy when they're afraid of bread. <laughs> a loser. But it was meant to be for some reason. We went back when I was pregnant with Ezra and I like, it was just so beautiful to be able to like see everything again. But definitely like a meal in Italy, which sounds so basic, but so good. So good. What's been your favorite influencer moment that you've had over the last six years? Just meeting people. I don't think there's like a specific moment, but I- Not Jennifer Aniston following you on Instagram? I guess so. I guess that's definitely a top, top thing for sure. That was wild. Also, that's like literally the celebrity of my life. So the fact that she knows who my children are just really is just so wild to me. I would say honestly meeting people like when I posted events and like going somewhere and I'll be like in a coffee shop and someone comes up to me and says that they like like my recipes I just like I turn to mush like I get so excited you know it happened like yesterday at the Halloween parade it's like this like 60 year old woman's coming up to me like it just makes me so happy that like to know and like fulfill that people take the food I mean you could relate like you probably freak out I'm like I'm sure you're like hi I make this granola everyone in the grocery store would just drop dead because they would freak out like when someone says they like my recipes, I just like, it makes me so happy and like meeting them and just knowing there's like a pulse behind them. It's just so cool. Totally. And like food is just so emotional that to have that effect, how that plays out in the rest of the person's life. Yeah. A million percent. All right. The last question, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Walking. I know I said it before, morning walks or massages, either one. Massages are the best thing in the world. And for your walk, do you have to go out for like 10 minutes, five minutes, or just getting outside is the key? I need like 45 minutes to an hour, like I do. Like that's because I'm home the rest of the day. So that's really important to me is to go outside for that like hour of uh, vitamin D. Yeah, that's like my everything. And I call a friend. So it's like great. So nice. My mom. That is one of the things I really miss about living in New York is like walking everywhere. So you could make your phone calls then. And now it's just different driving. So it'll it'll maybe be different for you. I gotta like or- get a license when I move. Like <laughs> I have a license. Like I don't I don't drive. Right. So my mom jokes I hired an Uber driver because I have Jordan. <laughs> Perfect. Like, I have a dentist appointment. <laughs> Absolutely. So in closing, what is next for you? What do we have to look forward to? Hopefully uh, our new house. That'll be like amazing and so exciting. And when do you move in? December 7th. Yay, congratulations. Thank you. That's been like a secret project of ours since May of 2020. So the fact that this is like coming to life, we also bought it at like the perfect time, like before all the madness really started. So that's like, it's melancholy. I love city living, but... I'm excited to give my kids like a bet, set them up for like a better future with the backyard and just space and whatever else. But um, our house content will be really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully like more babies and some good food. I don't know. It's like every, it's funny because I was so sick with a stomach virus a couple of weeks ago that now I just wake up and I'm just excited to be breathing and not on the toilet. Then I'm like, today's going to be a beautiful day. I don't care. <laughs> It's a beautiful day and I'm standing up and feeling good. So as long as I have my babies, my job and our shelter, we're good. I love that. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is so much fun chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. 
I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.